Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week breaking down all the things happening in pop culture and, of course, across across Bravo. Um, we're going to do our Bravo breakdown on this episode, as we always do for Mondays, but I'm going to get right into it because last week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, we're starting to get into the scandal of it all, and so we got a great episode. But before we talk about the episode, I do just, I we have to talk about that Sandoval interview on Howie Mandel. I'm hoping that you guys saw it, or actually I don't. I watched the whole thing and I watched it on YouTube. I didn't, um, I haven't listened to the podcast of it. So I don't know how much of it was potentially edited out or if anything, because it was wild. Um, but first of all, so Tom Sandoval, he finally kind of spoke, right? He has this, his first interview and he goes on the Howie Mandel podcast. Okay, not like the platform I would have thought Tom Sandoval belonged. But what I've learned is that Tom Sandoval's band's manager is married to Howie Mandel's manager. And so obviously this was like a big setup and they were like desperate to kind of get Tom Sandoval's story out there. My guess is that no one else wanted to touch Sandoval. Um, and also, uh, Bravo didn't know about this, so they were pretty pissed. Uh, there's rumors that like this could actually like he might be fired over this because the producers have been working so hard to put this whole Scandal storyline like together for the end of the season. And then, you know, the reunion's coming and they're trying not to like spoil everything about the reunion and everyone wants to hear everyone's side of this story. And so Tom coming out and sharing all of this information, it just sort of like pulls the rug out from under the producers. So apparently everyone at Bravo is very upset about this interview with Howie Mandel. Um, so, I'm just going to kick it off. I'm going to go through a couple of the things that happened in this interview that were just wild to me. First of all, just that intro, it was so clear that Howie, Howie knows nothing about what's going on. He barely knew who Tom Sandoval was. He obviously knew that there was a connection to through his manager, but it was like clear that he didn't, he's never seen an episode of Vanderpump Rules. He didn't know any of the players. He was like, not sure if Sandoval was going to be there. And the, there's this whole section in the beginning that was like, I, that's where I don't know if you guys actually heard it on the podcast. For those of you that listened to it, I don't know if they like cut that out. You have to imagine that they're editing out this like very strange stuff, but the introduction is just so painful, but it didn't stop there. It continued to get there. So as Tom finally comes out, I, you know, the thing that I felt is that he just had no energy. He seemed like, I think he thought maybe Howie was going to grill him. And so he was just kind of waiting for there to be like some hard hitting questions. And honestly, I felt like they just didn't even, they didn't prepare anything. Howie's daughter is a fan of the show. So Howie's, Howie's daughter kind of led a lot of the like questioning and a lot of the like conversation movement um, but even like how when Howie was talking to him at one point there, he's not even looking at him. He's like looking over at his daughter who's sitting over to his left 
and not looking at Tom who's sitting over on the right. And it was like so strange. I was just like, this feels like such a strange energy in the room. Um, but yeah, Tom was giving no energy in the beginning. So he finally d- does get into after just kind of like a bunch of rambling between the three of them that didn't like, no one really knew how to kick off the first question. It was like, oh, how are you doing? How's your band? And, you know, and it's like, okay, we just want to get to what we want to get to. And so a couple of things that came out once Tom actually started speaking was he and Ariana were a brand. Uh, he referred to them as a brand that they were like roommates or best friends. They had no intimacy. So already he's starting his narrative that this is why he cheated is that she was giving him nothing. And that was his reasoning why, why she pushed him into the arms of someone else. Oh, and when he was talking about no intimacy, he like said that he was like, guys, yeah, I, I assume like Ken and Lisa don't have sex anymore. Um, and so, you know, I just thought like that was normal. And, you know, you just get up and you, you go pop off in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy, he is absolutely a monster. Um, and then he said that he was pushing Schwartz and Raquel together uh, because, uh, you know, he thought that that sounded really good as Schwartz was coming out of his, uh, going through his divorce. And then, uh, it was because he kept trying to convince Schwartz of all of these like amazing qualities of of Raquel. That's when he like started to have feelings for her, I guess. And so they started spending a lot of time together. Um, Then he admits that the uh, guys night. So if you remember, this is when Raquel and Charlie leave the girls trip, come home to go to, to crash a guys night which is supposed to be guys night with for Schwartz being out. And it was all about for Schwartz for Schwartz. And uh, James was there and Raquel and Charlie crash it. And so apparently that's the night that they kissed. So Tom's talking about how he like was locked out of his house for some reason. Um, and obviously, well, no, cause Ariana actually was, um, had come home from the girls trip at that point. So I don't know where Ariana was, but so he's talking about how they're like on the back porch and just chatting and, you know, he's like, and things were just so magical and we, we were getting closer and closer. And he's like describing like second by second, the lead up of this kiss. And so he talks about how they had this kiss on the guy's night. Um, and then I guess from there, everything just sort of continued. And so this is, by the way, before Sheena's wedding. So it makes this episode that we got last week so crazy because this is before that. They had already kissed. And most likely by the time they had gotten to Sheena's wedding, they had hooked up completely. So that in itself is absolutely wild. He was also all over the place. So so are my notes kind of. Um, but he did talk about, he was like, you know, uh, whether or not Ariana had any idea, he said that Ariana was either turning a blind eye about Raquel or she was just trusting him. And can we just like talk about that for a second? Yeah. You're in a relationship. Hopefully she's trusting you. So if that's your like defense on this, uh, wrong sir. 
um, yeah, she was trusting you. She believed you. If people thought various things or if if it seemed as though you were putting these things out in the universe, um, she wasn't picking up on them because you were being dishonest. So that's not on her, but it was the way that he said it, he was blaming her, right? He's blaming her because she was, she was turning a blind eye. Like she should have seen it the whole time. Um, because he says that he was trying to see Raquel as much as he could. And uh, like, so how could she have not known? Because she was, you know, trusting him. And like, he says that in a way that is like, so in the whole time, by the way, he keeps trying to paint Ariana as this like mentally ill person who was like tuned out of their life together. Like, and I really hate saying that because that's like pretty like damaging thing to say about someone, but he was like, it was everything he would say would talk about her in this way that really made her sound like she was mentally ill. And, you know, and all, and like he at one point even alluded to something I'm not even going to say here, but um, that they had to bleep because it was like so dark that I'm just like, he is trash. He's trying to really make her out to be crazy. And like, this is what makes him everything that he did okay. Um, but he said that, you know, they kind of talked about like, well, why didn't you just like break up with her if you started having feelings for someone else? And that's when he like, you know, really goes into how, you know, her mental capacity and they went into therapy together and, you know, he was wanting to break up with her, but then she was like being really nice. And even Howie's uh, daughter at one point is like, well, yeah, like you guys went to therapy and she's, it was working. Like she was being nice to you because the therapy was working. And, and he does say like, well, I was already so checked out. And so then he had this whole plan that he was going to break up with her on uh, Valentine's or no, first he was going to break up with her in therapy. And he said that in therapy, he just felt too bad. Like the things that she was saying in therapy, he felt like he couldn't do it. So instead he said that on Valentine's day, he broke up with her, which they kind of like roasted him for that. Like, oh, you waited until the like most romantic holiday to then break up with her. So he claims that they had a conversation on Valentine's day where he was like, I, I want to end things. And that she knew that they were broken up and like, but then he, this is where the story kind of goes all over. Cause then he talks about like at one point, um, Ariana punched him and, uh, that they were broken up before she like discovered all of these photos. And so why was she so mad? But it, it was like, she was in denial. Like he, he talked about, um, you know, there was a, um, uh, there was an event that they had to do together and they, I guess, had agreed. He said that in the conversation, they agreed that they would just sort of stay, uh, that they would stay together in the public eye because they're this like incredible brand, I guess, together, which no, she's thriving now without him. So clearly she was the brand, but um, he said that like they decided that they wouldn't tell people. So they were doing an appearance and uh, he was like, yeah, she like pulled me in and, and kissed me in front of all these fans and stuff. And, you know, and I could just tell, like, she was like in denial that we were broken up and it was, it was wild. And, you know, so 
he, um, he, again, he's just like fully saying that she was in denial. That's when he was like, and I started getting really scared. I started thinking that she was going to do something drastic and alluding to a lot of really horrible things. Um, and then, so he said that he like went, he's like, yeah, I even went to Miami with my boys and we had like a boys weekend and not once did I check in on her, with her because I, in my mind, we were broken up. And so he's like, at this point, they're broken up for two weeks. And that is when they went to this show and she went through his phone and he said, because I think she was trying to see what had potentially happened in Miami and see if there was other, like if I had hooked up with anyone or met anyone in Miami. And that's how she found all the Raquel stuff. And he was like, and then of course she's like, she was super mad. And, and then that's where I don't know, like, did she punch him then? Because as we know in the trailer, when the famous now scene of um, him asking if she wants anything and she responds for you to die, um, he has, he has a bit of a black eye. So did she punch him? But he says punch, but then never actually clarifies what that means or, or how, what the outcome of that was. Um, but, uh, he said that after that, like all, like everything has just gotten so bad. They still live in uh, the same house. Um, they, he's and how he was like, uh, you guys are on the show together. And he's like, well, I don't have like enough money to get my own place, man. And I can't like just be living on my friend's couches. And so, um, they're living. So, how he's kind of like, well, you know, that's kind of odd that you're like living in the same house. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's like this huge house. And he's like, plus I like run the house. He's, and then he lists all the reasons what he means by running the house is that his assistant comes and cleans and stocks the house and like does everything in the house. So it's like, well, no, you don't run the house. Your assistant runs your house. So you don't need to be there for that reason. Um, but he said that they text each other to avoid, like, when they're going into, like, common spaces. Otherwise, he's only in his room. Um, so that sounds really healthy. Um, and then, uh, let's see, what else? He said, at one point, they asked about what the status of him and Raquel's relationship is now. He mentioned that they are currently taking a break, uh, whatever that means. How he kind of, like, joked, like, oh, yeah, friends with benefits and... Uh, he didn't really deny that, but he also didn't confirm that. Um, then let's see. Oh, he also, as if we have like sympathy for this, I was very confused. He's like, man, I'm just like really going through it. And like, you know, I'm really trying to like change my ways. And um, then he tells uh, Howie that he hasn't been drinking for four days. He's like, yeah, today's been four days without drinking. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not going to shame anybody here, but I don't drink usually like, unless there's like a, an event, but I don't drink Monday through Thursday. Like I like let loose. I have my fun Friday, Saturday, and actually I don't drink usually on Sundays either. So Sunday through Thursday, let's say I don't really drink. And again, exceptions to that rule. I'm not trying to be a saint. I'm not trying to say that like I'm doing anything. But four days without drinking doesn't is not something that you should be like the headline on a podcast. Like, sorry, I'm just I'm not 
I'm not buying, and I'm also not buying that, like that he's like changing his ways and that's how we're supposed to know. Um, but the thing that really bothered me in this whole interview is that how he kept defending him throughout it. Every time that he would like say something, it was like how he was trying to be like, yeah, man, I mean, that's what you do. Like your, your girl's crazy. Like, and you start get, getting pushed into the arms of another woman and all this stuff. And it's, it's just, it, it, it was all reading really bad. And I don't think that like, I mean, I don't know a lot about Howie Mandel, so I'm not going to like claim to have like a real opinion about him as a human, but I definitely got the sense that he had no idea what he was getting into by doing this interview, did not realize how big it was and did not prepare enough for it in a way that he could articulate like taking a side and a side that would not potentially get him canceled because he, the whole time it was just like, you're like, you, you're just doing what you got to do. And you have got people that care about you and, you know, you got to like move on from this situation and that. And, you know, he was like really just trying to like give him a platform to, to get continue gaslighting Ariana and this whole thing. And it was, it was disgusting. That, that was really, um, I, I did really, really didn't like that. Um, he, and then Tom, you know, is talking about how he's like really upset that all of his friends, he feels like are using him as clickbait for their own podcasts. He's like, no one cares about us. No one's called me and like checked in on me, but they're willing to like go talk about every little thing. And he's like, the only people in this are me, Ariana and Raquel. And like, no one else should be even talking about this. And, you know, he, so he feels like everyone is using him as clickbait. Um, and at one point the, his, Howie's daughter was like, you're the, um, you're the number one guy in the group. And I mean, literally, if you're watching it again, if you like see this clip or if you, if you were only on the podcast, you missed it, but he, that's the first time you see him come alive. He was so, I mean, this is a, the true narcissist in him. He, she said that and he was like, oh, no, I'm not. But he his eyes were alive for the first time in this like entire hour long trash can that we were listening to and watching. It was, I mean, he, this guy's a, this guy is a psychotic beast. Um, but, uh, and then at the end they were like, so is there, you know, anything else that you want to clear up? Like you have this platform, you know, you're talking about all your friends using, uh, you as clickbait, like, and they've said a lot of things about you. Like, do you want to clear up any of the like th horrible things they've said about you? And he's like, mm, no, not really. It's like, okay, well, great. Thank you. So basically we'll just take that as confirmation that you are a garbage pail. And, um, they asked like, or I think it was Howie that was like, so are you obligated to go back to the show next season? And he's like, no, I mean, I'm not obligated, but you know, the, this has shot the ratings way up. So, you know, yeah. So uh, he's already, I can already see him angling that he's like, he's gonna definitely ask for more money. He's gonna say that he's again, the number one guy in the group. He's the reason people are gonna tune in. And that's why I think it would be such amazing end to this story is if Bravo Kansas asked, cause they're like, okay, you went, you ruined the entire, First of all, you were creating a whole line of storyline, pushing Schwartz in with Raquel when all of this was going on. 
And then after we, you know, asked you guys not to talk about this stuff and not, you know, share what happened at the reunion, you went and did an hour long interview with Howie Mandel, not even with Andy Cohen. It's like, so I, I would love for them to just can his ass. Um, but yeah, so he's like talking about how the ratings have gone up because of this. And again, he is such a narcissist that that's what he needs to do. And then, um, uh, how he says to him, like, you know, how is it going out in public? He's like, cause you're so recognizable. And, uh, Tom's like, I know, I know I am. And, uh, and then that leads to how he's saying you should shave your mustache, um, as a fresh start. And then they do it. And like, that just goes awry that again, it was like, it started with this like horrible dumpster fire where like no one seemed prepared. No one was ready to like get into the conversation clearly this wasn't uh, planned so there's like all this dead air and i'm like is this on the podcast i mean if you listen to the podcast all the way through let me know if you guys heard this whole thing felt like it went on forever and at one point like tom makes a hitler joke about shaving his mustache into hitler's mustache and i'm like okay this guy canceled he needs to be done so that was the that was the gist. Like, if you haven't watched or listened to this podcast, don't worry about it. I just I just ran you through everything that you needed to know about it, because that's what we do here at the gist. Um, but let's transition to the episode this week of of last week's Vanderpump Rules. Um, it starts with Schwartz and Raquel making out. And Raquel's like, I feel giddy and I really feel like this could be something. And, you know, Schwartz is like, oh, that was funny and that was fun. And they, so they're having their moment. Everybody is um, cheering for them. And then meanwhile, back in one, somebody's room, James, Allie, uh, Christina Kelly, Katie, and Lala are there. And Sheena calls them and she's like, hey, are you like around? And Lala's like, um, we're up in the room. And she's like, well, did you guys see um, Schwartz and Raquel making out? And you can just see Katie's reaction. I mean, if you've ever like had a crush on somebody and you're like feeling like you're vibing with that person or you feel like you have like a really tight relationship with that person and then they, you suddenly like see them making out with someone else at a bar it is one of the like most horrible feelings. I can't imagine having your ex of 12 years who is your best friend and who claims to still want to remain best friends post-divorce do something like this to you. And, you know, and as Katie said on the show, she said, and there we have it. Like that was the nail in the coffin and rightfully so like what a, piece of garbage shit. I, I have fully turned on Schwartz. I at one point felt like he was kind of a, a pawn in all of this Scandaval stuff, but he is a also a garbage human. So I want the Toms to just have each other because they are horrible people. Um, and then they, um, so then back at like the Sheena party, everyone's like at the after party in like someone's room or something. And First of all, Tom Sandoval, high as a kite. He is clearly on something, Molly, Coke. I don't know what he was on. He could not sit still. He was walking in circles. 
he was like, Raquel, Raquel. And Ariana's like, what in the hell are you doing to like leave a, uh, her alone? And he's like, oh, she just made out with Schwartz. And then um, Ariana's like, what? And Tom uh, or Raquel starts to tell her and the way that Tom is looking at her and he like raises his eyebrow. Oh, and now that we know that they have already like hooked up at this point or at least kissed, it's it's disgusting. And then did you see right cl closely after that, they like all kind of got up um, because Tom was acting a fool and Ariana's like, can we just like party? Like, this is stupid. And uh, Tom like grabs Raquel's butt. It's right in front of Ariana. It was, it was so, so strange. Um, but then the next day, everyone's super hungover. Ariana is like hearing from Raquel about how like she thinks that like, Schwartz is so cute and how like there might be something. And Ariana's like, maybe she actually does have feelings for Schwartz. Um, but she's like, I feel like Raquel's living in a rom-com, but she's the only one in it. <laughs> and I love that. Although it's just like, it's still wild that these two, like when you see Ariana and Raquel interacting as like close friends in this, in these scenes, it's, it's really sad. It's like sad. It's gross. Um, so then Raquel wants to have Sheena change out her wedding party so that she can walk with Schwartz. Cause she's like, wouldn't that be cuter if I was walking with Schwartz? And so Sheena, uh, uh, like agrees, which it's the day before your wedding girl, like you don't owe her anything. Um, but she agrees to do that. And, um, she's talking about how like, she like really thinks this might be something and then it goes to Schwartz and he's like, yeah, I mean, we didn't really have like a thing. And, you know, I thought like I was just sticking it to Katie and yeah, it, it was, it wasn't what it was. I mean, it was just whatever. It's not like, it's not like we're together. So Schwartz is like clearly already saying like this, it wasn't, this isn't something he wants to pursue. And he's talking to James, by the way, at the pool and James, I thought was actually keeping his cool because, and he didn't like understand. I think that what James was saying is Tom, you're trying to get sympathy from me or try to like bro out with me about you making out with my ex fiance and you're doing it in front of my new girlfriend and telling me that I shouldn't feel a certain kind of way about that and trying to get her to side with you which is like delusion and James actually who normally is the one that like can't keep his composure I thought was pretty com composed and was like yeah dude like this is why this isn't gonna like fly but like get over yourself and um and so that was kind of like this crazy pool scene I don't even know why Schwartz thought that like he should be talking to James about that um and then uh, Sheena and Lala have a have a chat where Lala is like, I'm not going to come to the dinner tonight because, you know, I just I don't want to be around Raquel. And uh, Sheena is like asking why. And, and Lala says that it be, it's because Raquel reminds her of the girls that would hang out with Randall and says the dirtiness. She's like, like her dirtiness, like it's these dirty girls and you know what? She wasn't wrong. She was not wrong. Um, but that dinner, James is calling Raquel out for hooking up with all the guys in the group and is like, who else are you going to make out with? Which we all know was the, 
the only one left basically. Um, and then, uh, at, at the dinner when Schwartz tells Raquel that they don't really have any chemistry and that it's like, I don't know. And Raquel like being sad about that. And she's like, Oh, like, I guess that was the end of that. Um, but she already kissed Sandoval. Like they were already hooking up. Like, so she wasn't sad about Schwartz. I mean, this is like true delusion girl. Like it's insane. It's so, so insane. Um, but, and then later, like Schwartz not knowing that Katie is mad at him or why Katie is so mad at him is just like straight delusional. This is where I was like, you have lost me. Like, this is your, this was your girlfriend of 12 years. Also was your wife during that time. But most importantly was your Bubba, was your best friend who you claim you want to like be there for. And you don't understand why this is like gut punching her. And so when he showed up at that dinner with um, Christina Kelly and her at the night of the wedding, he like roams around the fucking resort looking for her and finds her and first of all sits down and eats one of their sushis. And I was like, okay, for, that is like grounds for like jail time. Like I would have... I would have asked him to Venmo me for that sushi. And then I would have told him to get the hell out of there. He was such a garbage person in that moment because like he wasn't understanding and good for Christina, uh, Christina. I mean, Christina was coming to her defense, but Katie like really went in on him and was like, I think you're a horrible person. I think you're a drunk. Like you're a fool. Like whatever she was saying, like it was just perfect. And it was like, yeah, get the hell away from me. Like, you are the one that drew the line in the sand. So don't come at me now and try to make me out to be the crazy person. That's what the guys in the show love to do is they definitely love to gaslight a woman. And I'm not, I'm not having that. Um, but what else? We got the Sheena wedding, obviously. Um, although Sheena announced to her bridesmaids the night before the wedding that she's already married and that they're actually celebrating their one year anniversary. Um, so that was a little anticlimactic, I guess, but the wedding was pretty. It was, it was very nice. Their vows were nice. Um, oh, Raquel decides again, last minute, the night before the wedding decides, oh, now I don't want to walk with Schwartz because he, we have no chemistry and he's not interested in me. She, cl she claims that it's because he walks funny, um, which maybe he was walking a little funny, but like she was butthurt. And so she wants to go back. So now she has to change the thing. By the way, they've already done the whole rehearsal dinner and the whole rehearsal, like with them walking together. And now Raquel wants to change it again. I'm just like, I would have told this bitch to like go home. Like I would have been like, I don't want you in the wedding anymore. Um, Katie and Kristen are, uh, or Christina, were watching from the balcony, the wedding. They clearly wanted to be there, I think. I mean, they wanted to watch it so bad. They were both like sitting in their bed and they're like, do you think that it's starting? Like, should we just go see what's happening just so that we know like what they look like? And it was just, um, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing, but, um, I do feel bad. I feel really bad for, um, for Katie. And I felt like Christina really just wanted to be at that wedding too. Like she seemed really bored with Katie at dinner and, I just, I felt like she kept being like, let's see if Lala texted us anything. Cause I'd really like to know what's happening with the wedding. Um, 
but and then at the wedding did you also see there was like they kept showing these shots of ariana and raquel sitting together and like their hair blowing and they just i was like i was getting a chill from it because again i can't see these two girls together um and then at the end we get um lala and raquel have a have a sit down which doesn't end well because raquel is again delusional she does doesn't she doesn't understand she's She's sitting her down to apologize to her for calling her a mistress. And in the process, like continues to just upset her and like say horrible things. And like, it's no, like if you don't know Lala by now, like then you're never, you never will. And you need to move on. Um, and then it ends with us finding out that Katie, Katie's like, I'm done. And if he's going to do this with Raquel, like, I guess I can start bringing around the 25 year old that I've been dating. Um, and I don't need to, uh, hide him anymore out of respect for Tom. So we get that. We find out that she's like move, moving on with a guy 11 years younger than him, her. And, um, and then next week we get to see him and if you saw when I posted uh, or when I talked about the trailer, I talked about this guy because I was like, this guy's in the trailer or the mid-season trailer and he's on Katie's arm. And I was like, I really hope he's not a guy that Katie's dating because he looks like a dweeb. It was. It's the guy. Oh, she needs a hunk. Who is this guy? He looks oh, He looks horrible. He looks like a weird owl, like a tinier weird owl. I don't know. A, a blonde weird owl. I don't know. Not what I need for Katie. Um, but I guess next week we're going to meet him. So, and then we're also going to find out that uh, uh, Raquel and Oliver mm -hmm. hook up again. And then Raquel finds out that Oliver is still married. So all that's happening. And we get Garcelle uh, on our screens. So that was Vanderpump this uh, last week. And then... Um, just quickly going through the other uh, shows, uh, of course, Ireland, uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, we are in Ireland. Um, there's, I think like, I mean, it was, it was fun to see them all kind of like traveling, you know, we always get some fun stuff on, on the buses. Uh, we learned that uh, Jennifer Fessler had sex with Tony Soprano. Um, she says that he's the one that got away. They never really was there, but he was absolutely inside me. That's a fact, um, which was a little strange. I, I want to be honest. She's like talking about somebody that's not like with us anymore. And is now that's making headlines. I feel like she knew that that was going to make a headline. So it's a little strange to, to claim that she had sex with him. Um, and not once she did claim that it, it, it happened more than once. Um, the, and then, Melissa's talking about how she thinks that like this place in Ireland is haunted. And she was like, yeah, I'm really scared of ghosts. And then she th says that she thinks that her dad is a, a ghost and is going to pop out and scare her. And I'm like, okay, as someone who has also lost a parent, like I've never actually thought that like my mother was a ghost. And even if I thought that like her spirit or something was around me, I wouldn't think it would scare me. So I thought that was like odd um, you know, they, all the girls get their rooms, Teresa and Melissa are kind of, or Teresa seems to be getting along with Melissa. Melissa's a little chilly, but they're all, they're all getting along. They're not fighting. 
Um, at lunch, Jennifer sort of ad- admits that the coffee reading from the week before was was set up. She's like, well, I may have said some things to the woman before, but I didn't realize that like that's what she was doing. She just asked a couple of questions and I told her and um and so, you know, and she's like, but I would never tell her like what L said. And she keeps talk- talking about Marge's friend L. And, you know, every time this girl Laura comes up, I do notice, and if you go back and watch the shows, every time Marge does get real, uh, like she gets real uh, shut down. She perks up in a way that's like, oh, come on, don't talk about her. But like she's shutting it down. And even when like Jennifer's like, I would never say those things. Marge is like, yeah, exactly. Like she, because there is something, there is something that Marge knows that this woman has said. So of course, Danielle goes to Jennifer's room later to get this tea and is like, what is the stuff? And it's actually not about Marge, but it's Jennifer says that Laura told her and Teresa that Marge has been telling people that Melissa made out with another guy. Now, I realize that was probably difficult to follow because it was difficult to say and follow that train of thought, but basically what it's confirming is that Marge does have an arsenal of things. Whether this Melissa thing is true or not, she's telling her friends that. She has that rumor ready to go if Melissa ever turned on her. And that's the whole thing that everyone keeps saying about Marge is like, you do have this arsenal. And so she was going, she was going in. Um, And then, uh, so Danielle's like, oh God, I wish I didn't know this because this could get really messy. And, you know, obviously Jennifer knows that saying it on the show is her putting it out there. We, we've done this before with Jackie and Teresa. Like when you put out a rumor like that on television, you're putting it out into the world. Um, But I think that the bigger headline is the fact that like, this is something that came from Marge, who claims that she's not talking about other people, who claims that she doesn't have an arsenal, that that she's not digging up dirt about people. She just keeps proving us that she, she keeps kind of proving the opposite of that. So, um, so yeah, and then they end up at dinner, they're having some fun, you know, the limericks about the girls was kind of fun. They were like kind of poking fun at each other in a way that like could have gone the wrong way. Like luckily no one was writing a limerick about Teresa because I'm not sure that she could have taken that. But, you know, Jennifer played along with some of the, the shade that was thrown her way. And I thought that that was good. Um, you know, there was a there was a little bit of a, a, a Melissa Teresa issue at the table. Jennifer says Melissa was invited through obligation. You know, Teresa's like talking about inviting Melissa's family and all of that stuff. And it's just like, all right, we got to move on from this because this is supposed to be Teresa's bachelorette night out. And like, this is not how we should be, um, how we should be celebrating it. And so they're trying to have fun. Um, we end up that we, we know that we're going to get more from this, trip and from this night uh next week and by the way in the preview for next week did you see jackie's like chugging something and there's like it's like looks like she's chugging a milkshake and it's like all over her face that was a little much um but that wasn't jersey um on summer house last week we got kyle's 40th birthday party so of course they were setting up for it and the at the end of the last one so Um, you know, we kind of are like gearing up for it. They're finishing setting up. We're getting a look back at all of his, uh, 
of all of his parties in the past. Um, Corey and Sam, they kick off their love affair, which we know now they're together, but they pick, uh, they go to pick up alcohol together. They're kind of getting to know each other, um, on a, on a deeper level. And it's clear that there, there's a spark there. Um, and then Rachel and who was on winter house last season, um, is shows up with Jason who, as we know, uh, got Lindsay pregnant and, uh, before and Lindsay had a miscarriage, but um, but Jason and Rachel show up to work at the party, which I thought was really weird. And of course, Lindsay's pissed that Jason's there, um, because they're of their history, and so that that's like an awkward thing. Danielle is like running to Lindsay to be like, "Are you okay?" And you know, which I think is like you know Danielle's way of trying to trying to put her friendship first with with Lindsay, um. And then the party kicks off and guys, these parties sometimes on these shows, I'm just like, oh, all these extras are actually producers. So you could like see people in their uh, like uh, farming wear or whatever it is that they're wearing with their cowboy hats and their, the straw coming out of their pockets. But also the straw is there because it's um, trying to hide all of the like walkie talkies and the wires of all the like earpieces that they have in it's I'm like, Oh, all these extras are actually just the people working here. Um, so that, that was, that was kind of funny to see uh, low cash um, shout out to Nashville uh, low cash uh, performed at the event. Uh, Kyle was, but ass naked uh, giving a speech. Um, because I guess that's what you do. You get in your birthday suit on your birthday. Um, and then um, Craig and Paige decide that the middle of this like shindig is the right time to have like a conversation about their future. And she wants like, you know, two years before they're engaged. And she starts crying because she's like the thought of her having to move to Charleston in order to continue to be with Craig. And Craig's kind of like, well, I mean, don't cry. And they're like, I don't know. They, I really like them together guys. I think that they could really go the distance these two, but one, they need to learn how to communicate a little bit better and they're very long distance right now. And sometimes when you put long distance, when you're together for this long, and then you finally get together in the same place and you settle in, it can like things change. And so Paige is kind of like, yeah, I don't want to move in until we're married kind of thing. But it's like, oh, girl, you might need like some time in the same city with him for at least six months to know that that's like what you want. So I'm a little worried about that. But um, and then we get um, Lindsay and Danielle have their hot dog chat. <laughs> they get a hot dog and then they're finally like sitting down to to chat about what's kind of been going on with them. And, you know, Danielle is really angry. She's got like a lot of anger and it, but the other thing is that Lindsay always feels attacked in any kind of conversation. She's like, I was being attacked. I was being attacked when you said that you wanted me to go to Montauk without Carl. And Danielle's like, that's because you're my friend and I want my friend there. And like, and so it's like, but they're, so they're like very different energy right now is like a recipe for disaster. But then at the very end, Danielle kind of breaks down and is like, 
you don't know what's going on with me because you don't ask about me. And Lindsay's like, do you need me? Like, is something going on? And then Danielle breaks down and starts crying. And then like Lindsay goes to hug her and it's a to be continued. So I don't know. I don't know how that's going to end because we know that they don't end up in a good place, but clearly Danielle is going through some stuff. And I think I might've been onto something. I think it was last week. I said it like, Danielle might just be projecting a little bit too much on what's going on with her and Robert. And that may be why she's really kind of coming at Lindsay in this kind of way um, is because she does have her own kind of shit going on and, and she's, she's trying to work through it. And I think it might be misdirected in some of, in some of the conversations that she's having, but I love her. So we'll see what happens next week. Um, and then really not too much to talk about on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I I think that it started stronger than it's ending. We didn't get a lot. Um, you know, Pepsi is very not happy with the girls and he's crying about the tequila bottle and he has a little speech to them. And maybe they needed that because they did all kind of like seem to get along a lot better in this episode. Also, Leah wasn't in this episode much. And so I don't know if that's part of it, but... Um, they end up doing like Marisol's cocktail cocky party um, where they're making cockies. Um, and Marisol said at one point, she said that Leah is a bummer because she's sober. And I'm sorry, calling somebody a bummer for being sober is problematic. So did, that wasn't a great look on these women that keep kind of pushing Leah to drink. Um, and then at dinner, you know, Giselle always kind of stirs the pot, keeps things messy. So she kind of like, you know, kicked off the fight between Portia and Leah, where we got Leah by, Portia by, Leah by, Portia by. Um, and they just kind of kept going at each other. Heather, you know, stood up to Giselle, which I thought was nice. And, you know, Whitney and was like, this is the Heather that I like, that can like stand up for herself and has a point of view and all of this stuff. And it led to them sort of hugging and crying, you know, drunkenly. And, you know, having this like beautiful moment where they're like, I'm sorry for all the things I said about you and said to you. And it was this like wonderful moment that they had. It was like very cleansing and, you know, it was in the rain. So very symbolic. But then like what was such a bummer in watching this is that, you know, it doesn't last because they went back home and then filmed the reunion. And at the reunion, they were like at each other's throats. So it's like that clearly doesn't last. And watching it with that lens is like, it's really kind of wild because you want to, you want to feel like you had a, like a feel good moment with them, but you know, it's not. Um, but then I think that, you know, as I said, Leah wasn't in it a lot. She got sick again. She misses another full day. She's in the ER there. You know, I just think she's probably going to end up going home. We know that Leah exit, we heard that exit or Leah exited early. So I think we're going to find out that she's probably going to like go home a day early because she just doesn't feel well. Um, so that's boring. The girls have this like horny dinner. That's, I was like, we're, there wasn't a lot happening, but I did actually think that we had some fun. We actually saw the girls like really like let loose in the pool. We saw them late night. We saw them in the confessional booth, all sitting on each other. We saw Candace and Whitney smoking some reefer at one point in the confessional room, Whitney having her snacks. That was, that's what I want in this ultimate girls trip is I want to see some of this like messiness, like vacation style stuff. Um, and so I, 
but I think other than that, there was the episode wasn't really giving much, and I don't think we have many more, if if not one or two more episodes, and I just don't really know what else it has left to give. So that's where we're at. That's the episodes this week. Um, like I said, <clears throat> like I said, don't worry about that Sandoval interview on Howie Mandel. I, I ran through it all, so let's not give that any more steam because we don't need to keep promoting them. But lots, I, but the Scandaval is coming. We're finally going to get some stuff on uh, on Vanderpump Rules, so I'm excited for this next week's episode. Um, but until then, don't forget, rate and subscribe. I would love for you guys to share your thoughts and let me know if you're enjoying it. Um, and tell your friends, spread the word about the gist. And uh, you can do that by following me at CM Vitrano on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, and then always coming back for more. Until next time, thanks so much, guys. Bye.